A, giving birth would be horrifying because I'm a man. But um, if I could give birth, I'd want to give birth in the clouds. I mean, come on. Soft, you know, pillows to lay on. a digital baby born in the cloud. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Welcome back. We uh, we literally had way too much to talk about, so this is the second part of uh, our episode with Tyson from Screen Review Time Warp. If you haven't listened to the first part, you're probably going to want to go back and listen to it. Uh, so just skip back in your podcast, listen to that, and then continue. It's yep. it's been fun, and it's going to continue to be fun. And this is part two, Judgment Day, Judgment. <laughs> <laughs> and then part three will come out later, Salvation, which is Dalware coming in and killing us all. <laughs> So, I think, Tyson, you know yes. of a world that is just a thriving with content. One that we have not really explored on this podcast, even though we try to cover all aspects of nerdery and pop culture. It is the area of graphic novels. That's right. And goodness. Whoa, and whoa. <laughs> he, he's just smashed down a uh, pile of uh, graphic novels and fun. Not a pile, just three. Just three. Okay. Yeah. I left my other 127 back at home. 127? Wow, yep. that's oddly specific. Oh. I have a, a book catalogue app, which I actually use for insurance purposes because my wife and I have so many books that we need to keep track of them all. Mm. And I can look here in my comics and graphic novels section. Uh, I have 130 books. The one that you are holding in your hand right now, Adam, was mm-hmm. one that I wanted to recommend to you. Actually, to both of you. Oh. Very first time that I listened to you guys on this podcast. Oh, dude, it looks good. I, you were talking about books and apocalypse, and I was like, this is the perfect series for you. It this is. is also a TV show at the moment, is it not? No, it is not. Are you sure? Because there is a TV show with this title, with this premise. I will have to double check that as far as I'm aware that it is was not being turned into a TV show. Okay. Anyway. The what Last Man on Earth, Why the Last Man? It is. So this series is called Why the Last Man. It is. Oh, sorry, oh. I spoiled that. No, no, that's fine. It's written by uh, Brian K. Vaughan. It okay, is it's a, not Why the Last Man, but yep. Yeah, it is an award-winning series. So... The, the, premise, the premise is this. You ready? Yep. You guys often talk about the apocalypse. Yeah, oh, my goodness. It just got green-lighted for a TV series as of last really? week. Really? There you go. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh, on that's FX. very interesting. So, I don't know how you feel about that, Tyson. Well, you'll find out about it because uh, you always talk about the apocalypse. Yes. Assuming you're going to be there. What? I don't the premise, assume. The premise of Why the Last Man yeah. is that at a certain point all over the earth, mm. everything, every living thing with a Y chromosome, dies. Oh, right. Oh, boy. Except for... The last man. The main character, whose name is Yorick, and the male helper monkey that he was training at the time. <gasps> Does, so the, is he, like, super popular, like... With the, the ladies? ladies? I'm no, just, yeah. so, he, so he very cleverly, straight away, disguises himself. Okay. Because... Well, no, he just, like, he just covers himself up from head to toe. Oh, okay. Ready because again. amongst all this, there's obviously a lot of... Like, there's some people who are... Apparently, in the story, like, lots of people kill themselves because they're like, this is it. There's a whole tribe of people called the Amazons that come out and think that this is actually God's wrath okay. because men were destroying the world. Yeah, but it's, it's true. It's a, it's a really interesting look at, especially American culture, but Western culture in general, hmm. where actually not even just Western culture now that I realize, where that it's so, even though we've taken leaps and bounds in terms of feminism and how far equality. we've come with women's yep. rights and equality, we're still very male dominated. And so, like, for instance, what happens to the entire U.S. Congress when the only things that are left are kind oh. of like some female politicians and maybe politicians' oh, wives? that's and- biting. 
It's really, really well done. Mm. I would highly recommend this series. I'm not actually at the end of it, even though it's come out a long time ago. So, with all the men, did they die? Was it they just died? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Just, How did they yeah. die out of curiosity? Was it like choking disease? Well, we don't know. That's that's the other thing that oh. they're trying to find out. So essentially, the the plot um, focuses around Yorick, the main character, mm-hmm. um, an Israeli um, special agent whose name is escaping me at the moment. Agent three five five. Yeah, that's a name that you're not really going to remember. Yep. And a female scientist as well, whose whose name is also escaping me. Um, and basically, they're trying to work out first of all. How come he's alive? Mm. Second of all, what caused everything else to die? And lastly, can they like can they repopulate yep. from there? Oof. Right. Okay. All right. Mm. All right. So that's uh, your. So the, so is this your favorite comic at the moment? Is it? No. no okay. It's not. But that's one that's just apocalypse themed. I thought it was something that you guys would enjoy. Mm. And again, takes Very a look at well, what if what if you're not here around in the apocalypse? What if the apocalypse hey, is just destroying all men? That's fine. Hey, if they if some mysterious disease targets me specifically as a man. I'm cool with it. There you go. But I'm taking so many people with me by just <laughs> kicking the head of a nuclear warhead. <laughs> you know what? Which Everybody goes, in his boom. House. Yeah. yeah, just buried underneath. Or I'm going to dive into a volcano because that mm. sounds like fun. Well, the next series. Uh, last week on the show, Adam, you mentioned that you were looking for a new series. Yes. Um. This is one that I have recommended it to me so many times. This is a series which I have only discovered somewhat recently. Um, I have spent a vast sum of my income collecting up the trade paperbacks of this. This is a series called Fables. Mm-hmm. Fables. It is written by Bill oh, Willingham. Oh, Fables. Fables. Okay, because I remember trying to find it, and I didn't put S at the end. It was just Fables, so I kept getting the, oh, okay. uh, the computer game. The computer game, yeah. Okay. I have currently got, let's see, nine, ten, I have 11 of the trade paperbacks at the moment. All right. Um, this, the premise of this is just lovely. It's basically the idea is that... Um, in downtown New York, in a um, like a high-rise building, is all the escaped fables from your fairy tales. Yeah, like so, all the Grimm's fairy tales. Yes, well, all of them. Yeah, like yeah. All, so all your Arabian Nights oh, fairy okay. tales, yeah. all your traditional um, Hans Christian Andersen, um, everything, all the Grimm's, it's all there. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like Snow White is like the deputy mayor and she essentially runs the whole thing. The Big Bad Wolf is the sheriff um, who's kind of the main character in the whole thing. Um, Jack, who's, you know, Jack Jump Candlestick, mm-hmm. Jack and the Beanstalk, all Just the same. every Jack. So, that yep. he, in this mythos, he that's all the same person. Mm-hmm. Wow, um, he gets around. <laughs> yeah, so he's actually quite a significant character because of that. He's an adventurer. Yep. Um, so, he's in it. Um, uh, old King Cole, like everyone. And the idea is that they were all forced out of the Fable Lands, um, you know, a few hundred years ago. Yeah. Because- the um oh, what was his what do they call it the the um the enemy I'm blanking on his name. he's got a very generic name Bob no no as in like it's of oh, the adversary oh the, the, adversary. the adversary oh okay radio so the the adversary started wiping out fables all over the place yeah and so a group of them like escaped through to our world and it's about how they survive and how they live and thrive and have this big whole um. Uh, this whole society and then you've got like you know in upstate new york there's a farm and it's got all the all the characters that can't pass as human 
in there. Oh, so okay. Like, like trolls um, and everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like dragons and um, the <sighs> goose that lays the golden eggs and all dragons. those kind of things. Hi. It's it's so well done and it's so creative and it's just very interesting seeing all these characters that you know from fairy tales but reinvented in modern society and the intrigue and the plot because the other thing is that when they came to our world, they they basically all agreed to am- like an amnesty. We'll, we'll all start again. Yep. Because so, for instance, the, one of the big examples, the big bad wolf, who's the sheriff, who's more commonly known as Bigby, he's he's had so many enemies. Yeah. He's attacked so many people. He's he's quite a significant figure, and so they all agreed. That's it. We're like all the like the evil witches, like they're all, yep, we're, we're fine. We're, we're all start again mm-hmm. because the adversary was the bigger deal. Yeah, and so yeah, bring them all in. Bill Willingham has just created an amazing universe. It's so rich with characters and dynamics. Um, there was a computer game that was made out of it called The Wolf Among Us. It was, it's brilliant. Highly recommend it. Adam, there is enough of these to last you for a very long time. I'm, I'm looking through the stuff now. I'm just, I'm actually literally buying one right at this very second. It's <laughs> so good. It's so, so good. Um, so yeah, that's Fables. All right, Fables. All right, and you've discussed this third one. Yep, the last one I'm bringing here is my favorite book. Uh, one of my favorite books, actually, I'd say probably my favorite book of all time. It's V for Vendetta. Sorry, uh, you're wrong. This wrong podcast which? is a uh, pure. Sorry, of, apart from the name of the That's wind. Better, thank you. How oh, okay. dare I sully the name of Patrick Ross? <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> oh, so, oh I yeah, your second favorite uh, of series, course, yep. of course, mm-hmm. V for Vendetta. Yep. Um, I've I've already talked about this in the movie, but yeah, mm-hmm. the book itself is it's again it's just that look at what happens when the especially in this case when the powers that be are should not be the powers that be. Mm-hmm. So this is a graphic novel as yep. well, is it? So that was that was a graphic novel. It was uh. originally released as I think twelve issues, but it is just a self-contained story in of itself. Um, I love it. I love the character of V. I love what he stands for. I love the fact that he is a timeless character he's never actually pinned down although i mean although his past is um is talked about and he has a like a huge uh revenge plot in the whole thing Mm -hmm. his grander purpose of um upsetting the government and the way he does it and the fact that it's it's yeah it's just it's very well done yeah Thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. All right. So, you've heard those. So, those are Tyson's favorite comics. John, have you got any favorite comic you like? Well, I... So, I haven't read that many graphic novels, but I am a massive uh, fan of online web comics. Ah, yes. Ah, very good. Which is... I don't know if many of them count as graphic novels, though. That's the only problem. The Apocalypse. You yeah, that was, that's amazing. That was a pixel art yeah. uh, comic, not quite the... <gasps> yeah, but I mean, it's a media, really. I mean, it's... I, I think... Uh, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, so I guess... Animated, oh, so good. I was trying to think if I had any others that were more like it. Um, more like Apocalypse related, but I think uh, that one probably covers it for the most part. I think um, there is another one that I really like, which is kind of steampunk based, but it's called Ooh. Alpha Shade. So it's about- I haven't heard of that one. Basically two different uh, worlds, like the modern era and this alternate um, steampunk world. But the problem is 
online web comics don't pay that well. <laughs> like even <laughs> no, they so don't. it takes them a unless, while. Unless you're XKCD, no, they don't. Yes, so it takes them a while to actually bring the whole plot together. And I think it's been a while since I've last checked, so mm. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to comment on the uh, story because it obviously hasn't finished yet. Yeah. Um, mm. But my all-time favorite uh, comic of all time is actually not really a graphic novel at all, but I needed some content to pad this out. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Beaver and Steve. And if you've watched um, Rick and Morty or um, Adventure Time, it's kind of that absurdist, like, adventures. Yeah. So Beaver is a beaver. <laughs> As you may guess. Like it. Yeah. And he's able to like invent things or they go on adventures together. Steve is a indescribable uh monster, I guess. He's like part dragon or something. And basically they go on whatever adventures that you have. One episode they shrink uh what is it? Yeah. Uh Steve no Beaver has a cold. And so Steve shrinks himself down, but he can't work out how to shrink stuff down. So instead he enlarges Beaver to this huge size and just flies in to try and fix the cold. I like that. But I was just thinking if they were going to make anything into a new TV series, like this would just match that new market that has opened up for like sci-fi adventure, absurd Mm. stuff. Cause yeah, I think that maybe those kinds of things are getting more popular. Right, okay. Mm. Mm, all right. Well, mine are, uh, I was looking through uh, my local bookshop the other day uh, before I had a D&D game, in fact, mm-hmm. and I was looking around and I went to the comics and graphic novel section. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm not a huge, uh, I don't consume a lot of that media. But I'm looking through just thinking, oh, maybe I'll pick up a couple of comics just to try it out because everybody keeps suggesting them to me. Uh, and I see one. Uh, just one one name caught my attention first, and it was Lovecraft. And those of you who uh, know me or have listened to this podcast more than once know that I'm a bit of a creep, uh, and that I love H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft and his work. Uh, so that immediately caught my attention. And then the name next to Lovecraft also caught my attention and guaranteed my purchase. And it was... Lovecraft and Tesla, which is Nikola Tesla. Um, <laughs> was this written just for you? I would have been. I, I think mean, it might have been. It's called Herald, uh, and it's about these two unlikely individuals coming together. One, obviously, with the realm of mysticism and uh, the uh, unknowable worlds. And then you got Nikola Tesla, this amazing uh, technological genius. So on the front cover, it's got... Uh, Nikola Tesla shooting out beams of blue white electricity out of like two guns and above <laughs> him it's got H.P. Lovecraft shooting out beams of mystical uh, yellow light uh, and it's about uh, basically them trying to take down a cult of Cthulhu while trying to find uh, the Necromineacon the original print oh, wow. um, to stop the rising of Cthulhu and like like I said, I'm no, I haven't been a huge consumer of that, but I loved reading this. It was uh, a brilliant type of feel because you just, I, I just got engaged in it. It was very, very fun. Uh, so I highly recommend that. And this one's generic, and I've had it for ages. And I was reading it during a downtime at D and D, and it was uh, Civil War. Uh, the by Mark Miller, yeah. the standout Marvel series. Yeah, Carry and. On, sorry. Uh, like, obviously, Civil War, the movie, of anyone who has seen that, uh, is completely different from the comics. Like, so, yeah. so different. But, like, the beginning was, like, so utterly changed. Like, as in, it was a reality TV show that mm. went wrong. Yeah. And 
they, in the comics or the movie? The, I guess. In the comics. In, oh, okay. in the comics. The reason that the call for um, legislation for against legislation them. is because. So, in the Marvel Universe, there are so many, like, characters. Like, they're just- mm. It's a pl- proliferation. And it, they kind of play on that a little bit. And one of them is like this, oh, it's this reality TV series. It's these heroes, and they go in, and they fight, and, and they fight the bad guys, and they film it. And one particular hero, his power was that he can absorb energy and then re-release it. Um, unfortunately, though, what happens is that someone goes in and- um, I can't remember what it is, but they essentially bombard him with so much energy that he can't control it, and he essentially goes off like a bomb. Uh, well, the print I read was a bit different. Um, Go on. The two- I could be remembering this incorrectly. The reality TV show is 100% correct. Yeah. Um, they go in, there's like, oh, you know, oh, we're about to bust these guys, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Oh, no, we've been spotted. So, they all dive in. Uh, it looks like the heroes are going to win the day, and it's got one guy pinned outside with another hero, um, and it's the villain that blows up. He releases energy to destroy things. It wasn't uh, any of a thing about energy redirection. Okay, maybe I'm, anyway. I'll, to, I'll double check that when I get yeah. home. But it's anyway, essentially either purpose, way, yeah. is that this bomb, like this, essentially a bomb goes off, and they're next to a school, a primary school. Oh yeah. no! Yeah. Um, and so, like these, all these kids are killed. Mm-hmm. Like an entire school's worth of kids get killed, and that's what that. that's what um, provokes the legislation. And there's, um, like, protests, all this stuff. Yeah. stuff. Tony Stark gets spat on and he becomes for the... Uh- yeah, so he becomes the big poster boy for legislation. And Captain America, ironically, even though everyone knows who he is as Steve Rogers, he leads the resistance against um, the legislation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a thoroughly, thoroughly good read. It Sorry, is. Carrie. Carrie no, 100% saying- correct. It is um, a fantastic read. I highly recommend that to everybody. Um, I Like like I said, I have, and I know uh, some of my friends don't either, but if you haven't gotten into comic books before, it is a staple of nerd culture. It really is. I highly recommend like sinking your teeth into it. They're not hugely expensive. I think my uh, my favorite one, Herald, with Nikola Tesla and Lovecraft, that was only like twelve bucks, and that was a cracking good read and a lot of That's fun. That's very cheap. Yeah, that's very very cheap. Um, normally they are, unfortunately, being in Perth, Western Australia, we are as far away from anything as anything can possibly be, and yeah. the shipping adds up. So our books here in in Australia, and then when you add in the cost of like the rent of a brick and mortar store mm-hmm. they actually add up quite a bit and yep. we can usually pay usually double what they do in america yeah um, yeah but. but still that being said uh highly recommend you know just i recommend picking up like one or two just to sink your teeth into it yeah. and here you have a couple of recommendations from uh the surviving the apocalypse the nerds way and screen review time warp i would also be remiss if i have to say this i'm sorry guys okay batman is oh, okay. my all-time favorite Mm-hmm. Um, superhero it, on our bookshelf. Uh, my wife and I, we have a whole section which is just for graphic novels, and then we have a whole section which is just for Batman. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's we have far and above more Batman than anything else. Although Fables is catching up, and so I, I I cannot go past without saying that you should go and pick up a Batman story. I would dare say that the Nightfall series, mm-hmm. which is actually the first comics I ever read. They are a good place to start for Batman. All right, okay. folks. Nightfall, Batman, Fable, V for Vendetta, Why, The Last Man, uh, Herald, Nikola Tesla, and H.P. Lovecraft. Um, and Civil Beaver War. and Steve. And Beaver and Steve. It's a classic. I love it's it. It's not quite as well drawn as some <laughs> of these other ones. Uh, transition! Oh, no, I've lost my sheet. Oh, there it is. You've lost your what? My sheet. Oh. And I've lost my sheet as well. <laughs> no, I have to set that out. Did you kiss your mother with that mouth? No, she's pure evil and sleeps upside down in a cocoon of her own wings. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so Adam, finally, it has happened. It has. You have started watching the latest series of Doctor Who. I consumed a massive chunk of it. A massive chunk. And I can say I'm shook. I think that's the term the kids use, isn't it? I'm oh. officially shook. Oh, I don't know. You're a high school teacher. You should know this. It's exactly why I don't know yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're about halfway through, aren't you? Uh, I'm up to episode 10, I think. Oh, right. You've only got two to go then. Yeah. Three? There's only 12 in this Oh, okay. Series. I thought it was 12. Yeah. That's yeah. 13, don't let it catch you out. We've Ooh, got a... Okay. I don't Ooh. know. I don't know why it would catch you out. You just get to the end and go, oh, that's it. So, so far, I'm a little bit disappointed. <gasps> only because, like, I came into the series thinking, oh, God, yes, this is going to be the master. It's going to be fantastic. There's going to be, like, the subplot of just his evil or her evil as she... Uh, the current incarnation of uh, the master is the mistress, uh, the Missy. Oh, she's so good. Oh, silly. What, no, what's her name? Uh, Michelle Gomez. Selena, Selena Gomez. <laughs> the singer. You, you did that to I me. I was close. You, you said, I stopped. Michelle Gomez. <laughs> Michelle Gomez. <laughs> she would make a great master as well. You know, Disney. Oh. Disney person oh being. Oh my goodness. Right. Uh, so yeah, the. <laughs> Michelle Gomez as the master is fantastic. But, uh, yeah, I was just a little bit disappointed. I, I love the companion. I love mm. Peter Capaldi. I just wish that it... I just wish that there was more. It seemed to, like there was a, a few great episodes. Can I ask a question? Of course. Because as much as I would profess to be a nerd, unfortunately Doctor Who is just a whole segment that I've missed. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I know, and it's it's. Uh, what shirt am I wearing right now, Tyson? I'm aware that you're wearing. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like I, the the few episodes that I've seen, I've thoroughly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed. Um, the problem is that with ev- with every passing episode that gets released, it's more of a backlog that I would need to catch up on. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I know okay. that I don't have to catch up on everything, but I always thought that the the new series from like, what was it twenty. 20- 2001? 2005. 2005 onwards, like that would be a good place to start. Yeah. yeah. Now. I was under the impression that Peter Capaldi was the la- supposed to be the last iteration of the Doctor because at some point yep. mentioned it, there was it was said he Matt could Smith. only ever have thirteen. No, no Matt Smith was meant to be the last incarnation of the Doctor. Technically, I, you're both right. Yeah. So he is the master have, here. So yeah, I mean, yeah so yeah. you're allowed to regenerate so twelve times. You're allowed to regenerate, but that gives you thirteen different faces. However, at one point, the Doctor, we don't get to see the Doctor regenerate once, and at one point, he regenerates without changing his face. So, technically, there were supposed to be 13 Doctors, um, but we only got 11. So, he dies, and then he's gifted more regenerations, and that's when he turns into Peter Capaldi. So, that's how they wrote around that. Oh, okay. So, he he now has a new lot of 12 regenerations. Presumably, yeah. Oh, okay. Because... I, rem- I remember when Peter Capaldi was cast and it was supposed to be like, oh, this is going to be the last one. That's yeah. why he's older and grittier and it was going to be like a bit darker and more, you know, mm. as opposed to, oh, yes, Tim Crumpets, I say. I do say, oh, boy, yes, indeed. Um, so it, that then when it was like, oh, he's now regenerating as a woman, I was like, oh, wait a so minute, hang on, it. I thought he wasn't allowed to regenerate. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I think regenerating as a woman is like great curveball. Obviously, only being a male actor was something that's probably... Well, it's happened because of, you know, uh, I mean, it makes sense to a certain extent because the the doctor is a male. Like, he's gone by the, you know, the doctor is a male forever. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm all for this because I'm so looking forward to seeing Jodie Jodie Whittaker, I I think her name is. Yes. Because it brings a bit bit of fresh air into it. Exactly. And it's it's different. Um, But yeah, I was always, I was just confused having not 
known the full details behind. I was like, I thought that he couldn't regenerate again. So no, that's cool. I'm glad you cleared that up, John. Yes. Yeah, John is John. Uh, maybe uh, the doctor in our uh, friendship slash relationship, where he is slash reality slash reality, where he. <laughs> I, I. But when it comes to Doctor Who, is he is the master because he knows <laughs> all the lore. He's seen the classic series. He lives and breathes this stuff. I should also point out for anyone who's an ultimate Doctor Who fan, it is technically possible to regenerate a 13th time, but it just gets super, super dicey. So it's kind of like a weird combination of illegal and biologically a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And you turn into a weird skeleton. Anyway, Wait. just that's for the ultra fans. Illegal. Oh, okay. Well, the High Council. Well, the, yeah, so the Time the Lords, council? they don't, regeneration is kind of like a, a trick and they're like, oh, this can help you contribute back to society in a better way because you can live longer and learn more. Mm-hmm. So a Time Lord living is Living forever is not what they want to do ever. Mm-hmm. So there's like very, they can ceremoniously give you more as a gift. It's also a, um, okay. A time Lord is a rank. It's not a species. That's correct, isn't it? Sorcerer. Gallifreyan oh, I, I, I is... I was always... They under- dance around that a bit yeah, and get it mixed up yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So Gallifreyan is the race because they're from the planet Gallifrey. Uh, and Time Lord, which has the regenerations and everything, they are the rank. They're the upper class. They're not like in a way of aristocracy or anything like that. More in a way of the scientists, the... Okay. Yeah. Um, the military leaders. Oh, I'm, like I'm learning so much. This is amazing. Well, they, uh, hey, uh, we hope our listeners are learning as well. Mm. Uh, but yeah, John, so uh, I have kind of caught up and I uh, watched the episode which you were begging me to watch. Extremists. And it broke me. Now, this one, I'd say, is an example of uh, the kind of Moffat era in its best light. Like, it's had some criticisms recently and it's reached its end to be... Um, uh, taken over by, uh, what is it? Who's going to? Chris Chibnall is okay. going to take it over when Jodie Wichter com- comes in. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking of uh, joining the show, that would probably be the perfect point. I don't new expect, writer, new series. Yeah, yeah. I don't expect them to reference anything that's happened. I would miss the legendary status of Matt Smith and David Tennant. Which oh yeah, I, you should definitely watch them. I've heard of the glory years. But yes, there, there's only like a couple of throwbacks. That's the thing. Like as in, they'll make like an offhand comment, or you'll see like a photo, or things like that. Um, like comments about previous companions may pop in up eventually, but it doesn't add to the. Uh, the story in a progressive way. So you can start from J.D. Whittaker or Peter Capaldi and then go back and watch David Tennant, Matt Smith. And I love... <laughs> Thank you for that <laughs> yeah. comment. I love... No, I love uh, Matt I love Matt Smith, but David Tennant is where my heart lies. Okay. All right. I see. Sorry, but yes, Extremist broke me, John, and I hate you for recommending this to me. So, um, after you watch the episode... There's this really interesting thing that happens. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. So, what happens is someone will hit the table and you have to say whatever number you were thinking of at that exact moment. So, as an example, let's do it. So, think of a number when you hear the sound and then say that number. Yep. So, it's like, just as an example, don't do it yet, but it's like me hitting the table. So, I'll just put it. So, it's like 16, 44, 33, things like that. Okay. Uh, So, let's try it and see what happens. All right. One. 42. Pi. 33. <laughs> so, <laughs> pi is not a real number. How very dare you? It is definitely a real number. Sorry, it's not a <laughs> rational number. It is not an integer. It's a, it's it's a rational integer. number as well. I should, have, I should have specified. An integer? Yes, I should have specified. A positive integer? Now, um, <laughs> so what happens in Mathematics this... Mathematics sh- talk. <laughs> show, this is major spoilers for the series. So yeah. You had to skip through this section. Um, Don't. But basically, what happens is they slowly realise... 
that they all come up with the same number at the same moment. Now, if you're a computer science scientist, you'll know that this is a load of rubbish, but it has a little bit of truth in it, in that computers generate their random numbers based in uh, entirely around time. Now, in a real simulation, no one would think of the same number at the same time because they might have different salts or they might have a nanosecond in between it, but they took the concept and ran with it. So that is the way of discovering that you're inside the simulation. So there's this book describing how to do it. The Book of Shadows? Uh, no, it's the um, Veritas. Veritas, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't know where Book of Shadows comes from. <laughs> Creepy anyway, research that I do. Who knows? Lesson for truth. So there's mm-hmm. some interesting scenes where the Pope comes in, something. something. I don't <laughs> know actually why. quite funny. They started doing all this random extreme stuff in the show that didn't really matter to the plot. But anyway. And at this point, the Doctor's blind as well. Oh, yeah. The Doctor is blind. And for some reason, they've simulated that fact as well. Yeah. Because he was blind. Blinded in yes. a previous episode, That's which great. fun fact also happened to the fourth doctor. No, no, it happened to his companion, Sarah Jane Smith, but close. Okay. <laughs> I'm correcting myself on my doctor. I like, who knows. I like how he's catching up with you. He's like, nope, that's wrong. I like it. Yep. That's really? why I love you, John. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, so basically they discover this book. It describes to you how you can test whether you're in reality or not. And they find out that they're not. Every single person who's read this book has killed themselves. Which is quite dark for an episode of yeah, Doctor Who. I was going to say, that's, that yeah. escalated quickly. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, this goes through history. It was, like, contained in a steel cage in the secret library at the Vatican. So, so there's this huge mystery, like, why would everyone have that same reaction? And they eventually find out the reason is, is because aliens are trying to simulate human behavior so that it can come and take over. So the only way to beat them is to stop them from being able to simulate yourself course the only way to do that is to exit the simulation mm-hmm. so the doctor manages to find some way of emailing himself this information yeah and I was just, sets the scene for the next episode yeah but the whole because we've talked about this before and i love the idea of us being in a simulation uh, to we, the point yes. of, like, a quantum physics kind of points towards it on a certain level. Like, there, it's, oh, oh, here we go. It's yeah. So it's less points towards it, but it explains. It sorry, it gives a reason for yeah. things why when things will behave one way, but then when you observe them, they will behave a different way. Mm-hmm. Because if the processing power, as you said, is you don't need to process everything. You just need to, you process, need to process what's being observed. What's being observed. Yep. So that's why it'll behave a certain way. And then when you observe it, processing power and so things behave slightly differently. I find it just quickly on oh, the God, idea of the simulation hypothesis. Yeah. I find it so funny that if like you have people that's like, oh, deity is absurd. But then when you're like, oh, instead of a deity, it's a group of other people. They're suddenly like, oh, yeah, totally fine with it. Yeah. Like, it's just... I know, right? I find it weird that people's rationalities can be so different. Well, we've discussed but- it on the podcast where Merlin was just a fantastic programmer hacker. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, regardless, the uh, simulate... Like, I like it because, obviously, it, extremists, the episode, uh, kind of bleeds into the simulated hypothesis. So, John and I did the test. This was so weird. It was really creepy. We're on the phone. Yep. And... Exactly the same time, hit the like. I think I was driving at the time, or I was at home. I can't really remember. Something. But now you're using the phone while driving, Adam. Yeah. Oh no, hands free, of course. Okay. Okay. But we did it, and at exactly the same time, we said exactly the same number out of every number in creation. We chose what? It, what's your guess? Well, yeah. What's the What's the guess? Forty-two. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> oh my goodness, we're all in the simulation. Uh, but yeah, so we're, but. 
But it was that split second moment of, oh my god. <laughs> and then we're just like, we're gonna do it again! So, <laughs> I think I, I think you went like, trying yeah, until we get something different. I think you went 16 and I went 30 something, yeah, but it was, oh, it was so funny. But I was just like, Saved. for that, for that, just that fraction of a moment that my absolute surety in the universe was fractured. <laughs> and I was just like, um, it was so good. That's actually one of the things as well when you look at like, so speaking of randomness of numbers and what you're talking about, John, with like, yeah. um, computers and that, mm. is that, like whenever you are told to create really secure passwords, they always recommend that you use dice because dice are actually random. Right. And so, for instance, and well, like, they're not random but indeterminate, right? There's no way to. Well, I mean, they are actually all those there, is a, there is a one in six chance of the sure. dice landing on any of those things. Um, and so, yeah, like, and but then we we weight certain things in our mind. And I was actually reading a very interesting paper about this about how you can't, as a human, be actually completely random. We've discussed this when clone hunting. Yeah. So, for instance, like when you when you do things like um, make passwords, you can't come up with. So they recommend, for instance, seven random words back to back. All oh, right. It's not possible for you as a human to create seven completely random words because your brain will associate through connections. Yeah. Nope. Buffalo, pig. Right there. Uh, they're you, two all of them animals. animals. Oh no! But I went through. No, no. I, I was only going nah, through two. It didn't work. But I went through buffalo, pig. Ladder, giraffe, obviously tall there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, See what I mean? And so your your brain going. works in um patterns. in patterns. Yeah, like yeah, that's just that's how we've survived well, as a species. I'm now breaking that. I'm going to focus my mind on pure meditation to become absolute random. Or you could just get yourself six dice. Which we know I have many of those. Yes, you do. Yeah. Well, all right. D and D. But we discussed that during clone hunting, which I yes, found to be I quite an that interesting was, one. That was very interesting. Yeah. I actually thought about this exact thing that I was just telling you then. When I listened to that episode. Oh, right. Yeah. You <laughs> have the great privilege of being able to talk back to a podcast. Which <laughs> yes. Is quite rare. It's true. Uh, so, yeah, I loved it, John. So, yeah, that was a, I loved that episode. Quite, quite the mind bender, that one. Yeah. And obviously it led to the, uh, it was a bit of like, I found that to be disappointing. The episode after. Yes, because the lead up was much better. Yeah, the lead up was fantastic. Like simulation had the awesome type of build yeah. up. The doctor somehow managed to email through the simulation, which was a bit strange, but you know whatever. Every subroutine same same technology and could connect out that way. Yes, it is <laughs> a little convenient. Yep, yep. But anyway, he, so he went through, and uh, then they had the aliens coming down at a gigantic pyramid, and yada yada yada. Ooh. Um, and then the aliens got defeated quite easily. So it's just like this. All that simulation, all that time and effort was absolute rubbish. <laughs> I mean, uh, so annoying. So, yeah, I love it. Can you tell that. me, sorry, very quickly, mm-hmm. how long has it been since a TARDIS has appeared on Doctor Who? Uh, sorry, sorry, no, a TARDIS. Um, Dalek. That's the word I was looking oh, for. Oh, um, uh, last season. Are you talking about, like, from the beginning? No, 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 because the reason I say this is I remember at one point BBC were like, we're going to get rid of Daleks for oh. the foreseeable future mm. because it turned out that because of the amount of times that they had appeared and because of how long-running Doctor Who had been, Daleks had become the most defeatable enemy, fiction (laughs) or non-fiction, in history. Oh, that's so good. Uh, They appeared briefly in this season. Okay. Briefly, when... uh, Have they... The very first episode? Second... No, the second episode, because the first episode was the... No, no, it's even... There's a spoiler here. I can't tell Adam... So take your he- headphones off. No, wait, that doesn't that won't work. No, 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 his no, no, his no, no, ears no, no, still now work. Now plug your ears and and uh, Adam, if you're listening yeah, to this podcast that. later, also plug your ears. <laughs> then okay. So technically, they come back in the Christmas episode, uh, but it's not an enemy Dalek. It's a friend Dalek. Right, so Is it Santa Claus? Pig. 
Maybe. <laughs> no. All right, you can... Ooh, okay, good. Oh, wait, right. he's completely oh, shut up. Sorry. Yep. So there you go. To, I was trying but, to random the stuff, but yeah, go on. Another <laughs> interesting fact about Daleks is the BBC didn't have the rights to them. They what? belonged to Terry Nation, who created them. He was oh. a writer. Oh. Wow, how interesting. And the BBC hmm. also didn't ne- never wanted to have, like, robotic, one-eyed aliens in the show... But after the after a few episodes in, they ran out of ideas, and they were like, "All right, fine." They never wanted the Daleks in the first place. Now, Terry after Nation, a few episodes in, they ran out of uh, ran out of ideas, and the series continued for another forty <laughs> yeah. years. After that. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's but anyway, so, they oh, so they lost the rights to all the the wow. Dalek episodes. They couldn't show them because it contained content that belonged oh. to the Terry Nation estate. So, what actually happened is. I when I first watched Doctor Who, it was played on the ABC, and they weren't able to play any of the Dalek episodes. And unfortunately, it would always be a Dalek episode where something important happens, like the Doctor dies or a new companion arrives. Yeah, and so you miss out on these huge chunks of important story. Um, oh. But luckily, they got them back just in time for the reboot in two thousand and five. Oh, yeah, I was going to say because that that they appeared in like the third episode. I'm pretty uh, sure. Yeah, the four fifth. Fourth- there you go. One Done. of the early ones. Oh, really, really great episode, that one. It has some great dramatic tension. Yeah. Everyone I- always... Like, they always say, oh, I'm going to skip the quote-unquote the first Doctor. Um, Christopher Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston, yeah. I, yeah, Christopher Eccleston. Because I, I honestly don't know. I love it because he, like, he's sassy. He's... Um, Have you watched this one? No. Nah, oh, okay, right. I've, I've seen... The, the, yeah, no. Just, just go with no. Much like <laughs> uh, Tyson Fairfolk... Take it from us and watch Doctor Who. Actually, I, because we're on my favourite topic of conversation... <laughs> you're about to do the transition noise and you're just like, wait a second. Yeah. I have more to say. Yeah, yeah, go on. I literally have a graphic novel which you need to read because it's an awesome story. It's called What I Did on My Summer Vacation by Sally Sparrow. It's a great plot. Yeah. Time travel story. Um, Has Sally I've Sparrow just realised I don't else? think it's in this house. I think it's my parents' house. Oh. So I can't give it to you now. Oops. But That's it's right. like super short, easy to digest, great plot. Anyway, okay. now it continues. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. Oh, she actually... Uh, sorry, you can cut all this, John. Uh, she actually wrote for Doctor Who. Who? Um, Sally Sparrow. No, she's not. Sally Sparrow is a character from Doctor Who. Yes, they redid this graphic novel as an episode. The Weeping Angels. Blink. Yes, blink. All right. That's actually one of the most top-rated episodes of all Doctor Who, by the way. Oh, I am aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen it? No, but I've heard about it. Blink and I've seen fantastic. the pop culture. Yeah. Well, if only it wasn't already quite late, because then we'd be watching it, right? <laughs> I'm on holidays. I yeah, can do whatever a- I want. <laughs> He's not, though. Oh, my. So, let's talk about... Supernova. One of my favourite things uh, is the night sky and mm-hmm. stars. And I was actually quite humorous when I was at one of my previous jobs. And I was talking with somebody. And I may just drop the fact in conversation, a normal everyday fact that everyone should know, that our sun is in fact a star. What? <laughs> That's what they said. I, um, oh, okay. Yeah. They did not actually know. Wait, 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 Tyson. As a science teacher... Is our sun a star, or the star closest to us a sun? So, <laughs> <laughs> depends on how you want to define each of the terms. Oh, okay. um, 
a sun, you could claim, is the name of any star that is in the centre of a... Solar system? A, well, see, not a solar system, because Sol is actually the name of name our of star. Our oh, okay, fair. So, yep. the solar system is named after our star. So, you would have the, you know, the... Uh, pro- the sun system. Or the Proxima Centauri system. Okay. Right. Or things like that. Um, our sun is a star. It is called Sol, and it is a sun. Mm-hmm. Define those and how you will. Yeah. Well, sorry, no, no don't. Way- wait, sorry. Don't define those how you will. No, no, you heard define, it from the science teacher. Define, define it them, how you will. Define Put that on your science action. test and say that the science <laughs> teacher from Surviving the Apocalypse and the Nerds Way and Screen Review Time Warp said that is okay. Gra- and transition. Gravity is an opinion. <laughs> It really is. Hey, you heard that here. Uh, once uh, again, science teacher. Um, but no, regardless. Carry on. Uh, so, Supernova. Yes. Um, a fantastic... Uh, Why don't you describe what a supernova is first? Okay, it's where a star has become uh, so large, obviously, that uh, it goes into... Uh, what is ours? Ours is a... It's not a red giant. Ours is a yellow dwarf. Yellow dwarf, that's yeah. the one, yeah. So, uh, where a star turns into a red giant uh, and then implodes. Oh, boy. Not quite. It's close enough. Close. We're not going into bloody Basically, astrophysics formulae. Supermassive stars yeah. can... Um, so, our star will never go supernova. into a supernova because mm-hmm. it's too small. We actually have a fairly small star. Um, hey, really? Comparatively. It, it, does, hey, it yeah. does what it needs to do. Okay? Oh, yeah. Like, provide life. Life for everything on Earth. Yeah. And all of our energy. <laughs> but it is fairly small. Yeah. So, yeah, larger stars, larger stars with far more mass than our star um, can go supernova, which is where it basically explodes. Carry on. Sorry, yes. So, they go big and then implode. Yeah. So, no, no, because the, the red giant stage is specific to our smaller stars, whereas a supernova is specific to a larger star. Well, uh, give an example of a larger star. Uh, like um, Betelgeuse, which is in the Orion Nebula. But, no, I mean like a, a what type of giant star. So, Betelgeuse is a... Um, uh, Betelgeuse is a... Um, a uh, red, a red giant. Yeah, so or a red supergiant. Red supergiant. So red yeah. super. Yeah, there you go. So supergiant. Um, yeah. regardless. So anyway, um, now in a supernova occurs. Uh, wait, so planets are formed over a quite a vast sum of time, yes. and that generally occurs from uh, stars exploding, reforming, stars exploding, etc., etc., etc. Well, I mean, everything in the universe it's, exists from exactly. that process. So everything in your home. Every, you yourself are made from stardust, yep. which I find to be the most... like. If you want to capture someone's interest in astrophysics or just science in general, lead with that. Yep. You just say, hey, everything in existence, you are made out of the stars themselves. Yep. It's poetic. That, and that is a scientific fact. Absolutely everything in the universe came from stars. Yep. So there cool. you go. Use that. But supernova are brilliant. They're fantastic and terrifying. Wait, where did stars come from? Stars came from the ma- the um, interaction of protons, neutrons, and so basically, very. It's magic. Quick, so, um, <laughs> okay, history, good. quick history of time. Um, the Big Bang, or what? It, we actually don't know exactly how sure. it started, but we know from about I think it's something like a a twelfth of a second from then onwards. We're pretty certain what happens. Okay. Before that, we actually don't know. Essentially, lots of matter and antimatter gets created. The um, interactions of which annihilate each other. What's left over? So, what's left over in our universe is about one percent of what was actually created. Oh my word! Yeah. So all which is why of those so vast empty space. Yes. Yeah. So but at that point, a lot all of the universe as well. Yeah. So at that point, all the um, uh, strong nuclear forces take over, which is where the atoms. Um, uh, sorry, not the atoms. The 
nucleons, protons and neutrons, and electrons get close enough, or protons and neutrons uh, get close enough to actually um, stick to each other, um, the fusion of atoms releases vast amount of energy, um, which can then be used to uh, basically create these chain reactions. Eventually, when enough matter aggregates together, it can continue these um, fusions and um, splitting of atoms over and over. Those are what stars are. Stars are just giant hydrogen bombs. So hydrogen and helium, but all heavy elements or all elements, period, mm-hmm. have only come because they have been fused in stars. Certain elements, though, will only come from a supernova, though. Correct. Oh, but regardless. Oh. But, but Adam got something right. I get a lot of things right. I only get a lot of things... I get most things half right or half wrong, <laughs> all right. um, which is fine. So... The regardless, wow, okay, a lot of science. So basically, all you need to know is there's a lot of magic in the world and in the universe. Okay, uh, so supernova. So <laughs> what? I that's actually not what I got at all. Oh, that's what I got. Uh, so I didn't know this, and you have educated me. Yep. That it's not supernovas. Supernovae. Supernovae. Um. There's a little uh, bit of trivia for you, fine folk. So when referring to multiple. Uh, Events of a supernova, it is supernovae. Better have got this right now. If you don't, I'm going to be so disappointed in you. Does that mean like the sci-fi convention here in Perth called supernova? If you go to two, does that mean you've gone to To supernovae? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm totally going to bring that up when I go. It kind of sounds like a fancy French makeup brand. You know what? Let's, we should probably, yeah, we should probably do a recording at uh, supernova Mm. uh, and uh, we'll go to another one and say we've been to many supernovae. Regardless. So, um, Our, as Tyson has already said, our sun, our star, our gorgeous soul will never become a supernova. A poor thing until I've poured vast sums of matter and energy into it. Uh. That being said, uh, it is still going to expand. Yes. At a, a, not at a rapid pace, but it is going to expand eventually. It'll, it'll be fairly rapid when it does. It just won't happen anytime soon. Yes. What I like about this, though, and this is kind of a little bit off topic. So everybody thinks when our sun expands, that is going to swallow up our Earth. Mm-hmm. That's false. No. <laughs> no, no. As it expands... Well, this yeah. is from what I've read recently in a... I, oh, boy. Go on. Keep I, no, I'm trying to remember the paper where I think it was New, New Scientist America or something like that. Okay. Um, as it expands, uh, the gravitational force of that is still going to be put... Like, it's still going to destroy all life on Earth, but it isn't going to engulf our sun. Because as it expands... not at a rapid the pace. Earth. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yep. As it expands, it's not going to engulf, like in a ball of flame or whatever. As it expands, the gravitational force is still going to be active against it, which will push it further and further away. So, all like, temperature is going to rise. It's going to kill all life, but the sun is not going to engulf planet earth it is just going to what? push it's it going further, to shoot further out. earth away not shoot it's just going to push it away as it gets bigger because uh the gravity of the earth and the sun or whatever um instead of it's not going to push it towards it's going to push it away as well, i don't know the science behind it all but that's whatever i didn't read the whole article but we're not going to go too deep into the science <laughs> i am 99 percent sure that that's incorrect but uh, well, anyway keep going well, well i'll get the article i'll give it to you yep and then if so, I will make a correction on the next episode, or <laughs> I'm just going to leave it quiet and just pretend <laughs> that it was right all along, uh, all along rather. But carry so, on. Um, we had a discussion beforehand about supernovae, where there was one in oh God, 1800s, 1500s, oh, something much like that. Early. Yeah, 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 1500s. Yep. I'm pretty I think sure. 1500s is the last one. Yeah, where it was so bright that it lit up the midnight sky as if it was noon. It cast shadows. Mm-hmm. Do we have records of what people thought about this? Like, no, they think the world was uh, yeah, 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 uh, we not, do. Yep. not in Europe. No, yes, I I what? know where you're going with yeah, this. Not in Europe. No records in Europe. What is going on? Because 
the church was so powerful at that stage no. that they ignored it because was it because of the they thought God was displeased or something like that? Oh, I can't remember the exact reason. I remember listening to this as well yeah. recently on a podcast. Um, I can't remember the exact reason, but basically the yeah the Catholic Church, um, essentially. It was thought that the the supernova was in relation to, I believe, another religion, and because the church was so powerful that any record of it would be thought that you were aligned with that heretical in nature, yeah, mm-hmm. and there and then you would be cut off, and it could be like really damaging. So no one wrote it down. Nobody also, wrote yeah, there was, it down. There was no like very little. The center of culture. Like, oh, it's a bit of stage. a bright night tonight. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. just no, 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 there's not. No, just what are you talking about? You talking it's, about? It's dark out here. Good night. Yeah, run, runs away inside the house, locks the door. I said good day, sir. Closes the blinds and then and opens it, them because they realize, wait, no, no, it's still there's still dark outside. Yeah, it's dark outside. This should be open. <laughs> and then, like, deliberately trips over stuff. Oh, I yeah. didn't see. Oh, that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm drunk. I'm drunk. You're the Pope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, when uh, we were talking about this before, so Beetlejuice. Yes. Go on. That's you. Okay. <laughs> so um, Beetlejuice. Well, so one of the big um, kind of disappointments in the scientific community of um, astronomy is that we haven't had a supernova happen since we have really had, like, good technology to observe them. Um, but it is known that Betelgeuse, which is one of the stars in the Orion Nebula, is losing mass, which means that it is going to go supernova um, very... Well, sorry. Very soon in the... Soon, quote, yeah, unquote. In the life of the universe. Yeah, that could be literally now, or it could be 80 years from now. We don't know exactly, We know, but, it, but we do know it is going to happen soon. So, when it happens, because here, here's the thing, what, whatever you think of supernova, however big and bright you think they are, they are bigger and brighter. Yeah. As an example, there is a great uh, example that Randall Munro of XKCD fan, fame um, provides. No, he's fam. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what do you think would be brighter? A supernova going off where the sun is mm. or the detonation of a hydrogen bomb pressed against your eyeball? For the record, a hydrogen bomb is a fusion bomb that is significantly bigger than the fission bombs which were dropped on Japan. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. So I so guess you br- won't be able to see it for long because your eyeballs yeah, will but get in, burned. But off. in terms of like the light energy delivered, what do you think would be brighter to your eye? A hydrogen bomb that as it's pressed against your eyeball, or a supernova going off. Where the sun is. I would say... Uh, I'm John, you go first. Well, you already know the answer. I do. That's why I'm saying you can go first. <laughs> like, it's... Because, oh. <laughs> like, it's so far away, but it's so close. I don't know. I, I'm going to have an implosion in myself <laughs> right now. He's going to go supernova. So, the supernova would be brighter... Mm-hmm. by nine orders of magnitude. So, that's not nine times. That's not nine times. So, ten times is one order of magnitude. One, 90 times. One hundred times is two orders of magnitude. Oh. Mm. So, this is ten to the power of nine times. That's one billion times brighter. So, Betelgeuse has already exploded. Okay. Well, theoretically. Let's no. Just, no. No, it hasn't. Okay. What? Common misconception is that stars are- Wait, sorry, you were back up. 
Beetlejuice. No, did you say communist conception? No, no, common misconception. Okay, good. Because I was yeah, no say, politics on yeah, this point. <laughs> okay, communist conception. I'm like, what a communist got to do with this? No, common misconception. <laughs> yeah. that the stars are like you know hundreds of light years away, and that it's already exploded, and it's just you know it's a matter of time. Well, we get hundred. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. No, no. Uh. The I'm I'm going to try and look it up now, but Beetlejuice is only a matter of, <laughs> I think it's only about five light years away. Possibly not even. Mm-hmm. I, I, as well, it would still take... Okay, so uh, even if it's five years. But let's I, just say, theoretically, or hypothetically rather, let's just say it has already exploded. It would yeah. still take five years for us to see it? Correct. Yes. Um, it's... Let me see. This is thrilling 642. 642.5 light years away, Beetlejuice. 642... No. Yep. Because for, uh, so, for prefect, man, that was a long journey to get to Earth. So uh, you might be thinking, well, I know for uh, so you know the Southern Cross, yeah. So Epsilon Circa is the star between the uh, right and the bottom star, and that is only about eighty-five light years away. Uh, why is this? Uh, I feel this is wrong. Anyway, so you so after saying all this, you know, uh, it's all right. But yeah, go on. Um. Anyway, so it's when it does, like when Beetlejuice does go supernova, mm-hmm. because Beetlejuice is so incredibly massive, it's stupidly big. Because it's so massive, it will provide the equivalent of daylight mm. to the Earth for two weeks straight. Which is going to be fantastic. Well, actually, no, it's not because I hate the day, but it'll be. How do you sleep? Like, it's going to mess up here. Will plants grow faster because there's more? I yeah, guess they will, but they, would, yeah. they might also die out as well because there's too much. I don't think there'll be a lot of heat during the night. No, well, there'll be, there won't there'll be, be no heat. heat. It'll just be light. Yeah, just so it'll be, be cold. Yeah, so it'll be the same temperature at night. It'll just be bright. Yeah. Is there UV rays from it then? I get some there. I don't believe so. Oh, okay. I think so, you can, so we'll be hanging out during the night. And like sleep during the day so that we can have the light, but no. So oh, you're going to try and come, D. you're going to come into my type of world, yeah. are you? Okay. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is, so Beetlejuice is incredibly massive. And John, I'm going to show you a video which I'd like to uh, like link in our show notes as well. Okay. It's a star size comparison uh, against Earth, Sol, our Sun, Beetlejuice. Etta I know which video you're talking about. Maybe, because there's a few out there. Is um, it accurate? It's incredible. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, like it blows your mind, and uh, it ends with V.Y. Canis Majoris. Uh, which is the largest no, star. second largest star. Um, in our, in the Milky Way galaxy. Yeah. Um, the, except, well, that we have seen anyways. There is one larger one. Well, if it's, there's another one that's bigger and we missed it, like, is it really that big? <laughs> well, yeah, true. But uh, there is one that is larger, which defies the laws of physics and is still in its birthing cloud. Um, uh, well, Stella it, yeah. Nursery? Yeah, Stella. I just oh. like to call it birthing cloud because it sounds sexy. Um, sounds gross. Birthing cloud. <laughs> I mean, if I could give birth, well, A, giving birth would be horrifying because I'm a man, but um, if I could give birth, I'd want to give birth in the clouds. I mean, come on. Soft, you but know, like, pillows to lay on. A digital baby born in the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, v- uh, regardless, so my favorite star is uh, V.Y. Canis Majoris. It's massive, it's huge, and utterly terrifying. The size of it my, is mind-boggling. Uh, we're going to put it in the show notes. Highly recommend looking at it because it's just... Ugh. Is it bigger than a whale? <laughs> is this what, it, what would win? 
six quintillion whales or one V.Y. Campus <laughs> yes. Majoris? Um, I'm assuming... Have you seen this video that he's talking about? No. It's phenomenal how large things are in the universe. Mm-hmm. Like, six quintillion of our suns wouldn't even fit in V.Y. Canis Majoris. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so incredibly huge. It's unbelievable. <sighs> it's mind-boggling. Like, you can't actually... Go- if it was where our... Uh, Earth is sorry. If it was where our sun is, it would reach as far out as Jupiter. Oh, Whoa. It's, it's, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure it's bigger than that. No, because that's Beetlejuice what, would reach out to. Well, that's the what they said on the. Though. That's what they said on the um, uh, the video. If it was where our sun is, it reaches far out as Jupiter. Either way, it's massive. It's, the, the point is, it's huge. Yeah, it's uh, like okay. I bet you got to remember that's three dimensional as well. So it's not just yeah. reaching out there; it's reaching out the back end as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh. I'm going to call you guys out on this. Go on. Oh, How good. does interstellar science help us survive the apocalypse? Easy. All right. Very you go easy. First. Okay. So, knowing the stars and knowing how, like, where bright stars are in the sky can help you navigate. Mm-hmm. And by knowing Ooh, by knowing the navigation, like therefore, it helps you actually get around wherever you are without, yeah. you know, once our uh, coronal mass ejection has destroyed all yes. technology, you <laughs> yeah, right. know how you know how to navigate <laughs> around that sky. Because Betelgeuse is one of the l- brightest stars uh, um, visible to the naked eye. So, mm-hmm. by knowing that, you can then work out... Of course, you know, not There's really going to help you too much. There's a whole culture that went on that as uh, navigation. It's not going to help you too much when uh, the Grey Goose Sea uh, overtakes us every... But regardless... Um, fictional thing? Uh, no I, fiction. Uh, I have this weird thing. I even looked on Gumtree. I had this weird obsession with that because I wanted, like, survival skills and tracking and all that. And I tried to look for a sextant, but they're not really that common <laughs> nowadays. No, no, they're very hard to find. Oh... <laughs> uh, well, Maybe you should explain what a sextant is so that way people won't get the wrong idea. Yeah, so it's basically a brass instrument that you can look through and you basically align it with the horizon and a point with the sun. I don't know very much about this because I I used it to navigate the world of RuneScape, which is a computer game. (laughs) Um, So I only know of the version of that. You basically align it up with the sun and the horizon and then it will tell you where you are, but you also have to have a watch telling you what the time is, I believe. Cool. All right. And then a chart so you can match it with the whatever map thing. Anyway. Well, I, a supernova will help you survive the apocalypse. Not our sun going supernova, but <laughs> no, a distant. It, it will cause the apocalypse. <laughs> no, no. A distant star going into a supernova would uh, provide illumination. Let's say, let's say the dead rose right now. Let's say right now there is some poor mortician who's, you know, sewing up some poor corpse. And who- he drops this vial of stuff that he was given by a scientist that he was friends with. Yep. And suddenly it lurches up, bites him in the neck. The, the dead Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he wanders out and presto, Bob's your uncle. There's the zombie apocalypse starting. Okay, Bob's cool. your dead uncle. He is. He <laughs> really is. But um, you can say hi to him again. Yeah, exactly. As he comes to gnaw your face off. So, um, as... This happens, suddenly the simulation, God, whoever, suddenly goes, you know what, let's help these poor mongrels out, and goes, boom, claps, snaps his finger, and Beetlejuice suddenly goes, and explodes in all its radiant glory, illuminating the world for two whole weeks. But also... The, it, that happened 500 years ago, so that the last. Yeah, he timed it. So he's okay, good. They, they've gone, you know, the simulation's gone, you know what, 500 years from now, uh, we're going to release this virus. Uh, or God's gone, you know what, 500 years from now, there's going to be a zombie virus, I'll explode this now. So how does but that help? The, the assumption of a deity or of, um, or of the simulation, simulation hypothesis, either way you want to look at it, 
the idea is that they can exist outside of time. Yes. So they can just go, oh, well, uh, it yeah. happened 500 years ago or yeah, 640 true. years ago. But regardless, so uh, how would you prefer to be running from a horde of zombies in the dark or would Ooh. you prefer to be able to see where you're running and not trip over in that, you know, theatrical, almost comical sense where someone's like, help me, because I'm not stopping to pick you up, John. You're, you're oh, going to okay, get... Yeah, we've done the zombie okay. survival quiz already. Future leader of the free world versus dies a heroic death. Oh, yeah, the BuzzFeed, very yeah. <laughs> academic hey, test. But BuzzFeed stands up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I hear they quote it in Nature, the yeah. scientific journal. Oh, they do, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I once ate a koala. That's true. No, you didn't, you liar. Uh, of course oh, yeah. I'm lying. I would never eat a koala. I ate a human. Uh, <laughs> can't believe you would... What? Okay, let's edit that out. I've eaten an emu. That was delicious. It was in a pie. Oh, Amy Pie. Yeah. All right. Okay, so on our spreadsheet here, we've only got one more thing. <clears throat> what? I'm like, what? No, we don't. We have nothing left. Adam has written, John shall die horribly by the end of the episode. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's all we have time for. I hope I love you, the noise. I hope that oh, that's so good. I hope you enjoyed this double episode two-parter with Tyson. Thanks for coming. Thanks on for coming in, Tyson. Both episodes. Oh, no worries but at all. It was very enjoyable. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find us on any good platform that has podcasts. Uh, my my platform of choice on the Android ecosystem is Player FM. Um, we are called Screen Review Time Warp. Four words. Um, but yeah, you can find us on uh, podcasts for Apple or whatever they call it now. We're on Stitcher. Um, we're on uh, Radio Public. We're kind oh, of anywhere. We need to get on Stitcher. Otherwise, um, if you do a um, search, you can find our RSS feed and you can add it to any other system you want as well. Our Twitter for our podcast, at SRTW Podcast. Um, hit us up on there and give us a listen and give us a rating review. No worries. And uh, yeah. It's good. No worries. Well, uh, you can find me at Voice of Adam at Twitter, and you can find us on uh, Facebook. Just search The Nerds Way and we'll pop up. Or Facebook.com slash The Nerds Way. That as well. Twitter.com slash The Nerds Way underscore pod. Mm -hmm. uh, we obviously, every episode we put out, we announce it. So if you want to keep up to date uh, and get it as soon as it pops out, turn on those notifications. And don't forget to vote for either one of our two apocalypse offs, which is the Grey Goo Hypothesis or uh, the, um, what is it called again? Coronal the Artery. Coronal Mass Ejection. Which, the, you know, okay, has not caused an, which has not caused an apocalypse. I'd just like to add. Uh, I'm unbiased. possible... <laughs> Scenario. Um, uh, oh, the science fiction mumbo jumbo. Uh, you can also email us at uh, <laughs> thenerdsway at gmail.com. And uh, yes, thank you very much for coming on the episode, Tyson. Uh, it was a Good. pleasure. It was enjoyable, very much so. Mm -hmm. And you can also find John at uh, J O L K E Y. No, no, J L O K E O Y. Oh, okay, right. Yep, at uh, Twitter as well. So check him out. Follow. If Just hold abuse at him because he loves it. I mainly tweet about weird gardening things or computer science stuff. So I don't know. It's it's fun. I don't. You tweet can find much at the all. Uh, indomitable AI at Darware for short. D O W E H for short. All one word. Who knows? Whoever's actually running that. It's obviously yeah, Tyson knows? now. <laughs> Well, we know and, that. Well, you should be lucky that your sentient plant hasn't found the internet yet. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, man. Well, let's hope, the... let's hope it doesn't. Oh. All right. Until next time, uh, we don't have a tagline. We don't have a tagline anymore. Tyson, uh, what, what did you reckon for a tagline? Mm.
Didn't you have like... No, we got rid of that for the second season. Oh, okay, cool. Um, until next time, make sure that you are stocked up on your nerdy pop culture and always make sure that you have an axe on the kitchen table just in oh. case the zombies come. Good enough. Although, yeah, all right, I like it. Okay, yeah, cool. <gasps> Good night. <laughs> or good day. It could be the day. Oh, yeah, true, true. Good I mean, day. it's good pretty night. scary listening to Adam during the night. Goodbye.